And with that, let's welcome in Aditi Kinkabwala, our favorite sideline reporter in the entire NFL. What's up, Aditi? How are you guys? Good, Good. Aditi. How are you? I'm right. lovely. Thank you so much. Yes. Uh, let's talk. Let's talk about <laughs> she's being coy. What's did, going on, Aditi? <laughs> did, <laughs> no, I mean, am I going to be pressed into talking about CJ Stroud? Is that what you want, CJ Stroud? Why have you not done it? You, have you done a Texans? Um, have, have you done a Texans game this year? I can't remember. I have. I did. I okay. did a Texans well, week so one. Give us your, give why us you your thoughts. I, I, she's played really well so far. I mean, what, what do you think yes. of him? He, you know what? And I'll tell you this, because I had spoken to a very high-level executive of a team that had drafted a quarterback who is not C.J. Stroud, and he had told me in the spring that he thought C.J. Stroud was yet another in the long line of Ohio State quarterbacks who would be a bit disappointing. And wow, was he wrong! Yeah, <laughs> so, he was. so far, C.J., yes, he has really, really, you know what? I, I want to say he exceeded my expectations, but that seems a little unfair because the expectations were set by this one executive. I'll tell you what was so fun in watching him is that week one, I literally got to see him get comfortable. You know, you see a rookie playing his very first snap as an NFL player, and then you see him play his second drive, and then you see the third drive, and it was a very long, I wish I had looked it up beforehand, I think it was a nine-play drive, or maybe it was a 15-play, nine-minute drive, something like that. It was just a very long drive that he put together, and you could see the confidence, you could see the way that he stepped when he came back to the bench, and you watch that happen, and then obviously, as you know, I was on my couch last week watching my crew do the Texans-Steelers game, and so I was watching again, and he's really just grown a lot in four games, and I think a lot of credit for his offensive coordinator, Bobby Slowick, the positions that he's putting him in, the throws that he's asking him to make, the reads that he's asking him to make, the instruction and the teaching that he's getting. It, it's nice to see all of that, and... You can also see the work that he's putting in. You know, he's not just sitting here saying, okay, I'm going to rely on my arm. Or I'm going to rely on my athleticism. This is a kid that really watches tape, that really watches film, that really reads defenses, that wants to know what's going on. And it takes me back to a conversation I had with Jalen Petrie, who also is a young player, but Petrie is a captain, just like Stroyd is a captain. And um, I keep calling him Stroyd because I have an attorney named Art Stroyd. Stroud. <laughs> Stroud. And I did that all game. But Art Stroyd is my attorney. And week one, I was like, Stroud, Stroud, don't say Stroyd. But now I'm yeah. doing it anyway. Stroud. <laughs> um, Jalen Petrie had said to me that there's nobody in the building that asks more questions than CJ. And what Jalen meant by that is CJ's asking questions of DBs. What are you reading when you do this? He's asking questions of linebackers. What are you thinking when you see a quarterback do this? And those are the things, guys, that I just love. I yeah, love hearing about a young player that yeah. is trying to take advantage of every single resource in front of him. You know what's amazing, too, is they really have no running game. You look at their, their yeah. top – they're top Look at their back. line. What's that? Their line. Their offensive, offensive line, line is, is like terrible. a hex. They're, they're top I mean, two. they're on like their fourth string offensive guard. Wow. Their Go top ahead. two backs, Damian Pierce and Devin Singletary, are averaging three yards a carry. Three. That's awful. And they have no big, sexy name wide receivers. Now, Nico Collins is a guy that people have thought for a couple of years had a breakout season in him. They drafted Tank Dell this year, and he's been off to a good start. And they have the veteran Robert Woods, but he's, you know, 
certainly way past his prime. Well, but I'll tell you this, you know, I think him. so Nico Nico Collins just had a monster game. I yeah. mean, he feasted on the Steelers right there. And yep. Tank Dell, this is what's interesting. So week one, you know, we have CJ, we have our production meetings before the Texans ever ever played a game, before D'Amico Ryans has coached anything, before CJ has. And we actually asked CJ, okay, besides you, who's someone that we should be really, really excited to see tomorrow? And, you know, first he's like, well, everybody. And it's like, no, 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 come on. Just tell us someone that we should be pumped to see. And he said... I think you should pay attention to Tank Dell. And he's like, that's somebody that really is doing yeah. something special. And you look at what, as a rookie, what he's able to do. I'm a huge, huge, huge Damian Pierce fan. You know, I sat on the couch this week and watched the Steelers and the Texans next to a Steelers fan, my husband. It was probably the most annoying exercise I've ever engaged in in my life. <laughs> but oh, did you um, see her face there? I kept saying, so watch Damian Pierce run. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it was it was awful. But anyway, yeah. um, watch Damian Pierce run. Look at the way he runs. And yes, Najee Harris did pick it up for the Steelers later as the game went. But early, you see the way Damian Pierce fights and is so physical and is constantly churning. Those numbers, Adam, are because that line is yeah, again. That's fair. That line, that's I think fair. they were on their player. fourth different combination at offensive line. Wow, They're playing ready. Kendrick Green, the Steelers cast off at guard, who just tore his meniscus, so now they're going to need to get I mean, they're playing guys off of the street that haven't played together in any way. And again, yes, you need to be able to do something as a back on your own but you need you know it helps a little bit if you've got a line that will maybe block for you if you're maybe not constantly being hit in the backfield yeah, helps true. just a little bit yeah. by the way why can't the brown like all these rookie receivers make an impact all over the league the browns have drafted a rookie wide receiver in the third round three years in a row the first one schwartz is already cut the second one david bell hasn't done anything and the third one cedric tillman it can't get on the field why can't they any of these guys make an impact Didi? what happened yeah <laughs> Well, I mean, what's the quality of the pick, right? Schwartz was always kind of a flyer. It was sort of this idea, okay, the kid's incredibly fast, yeah. but does he have the hands? Can he catch a ball? So they took a chance on him. Didn't really work. David Bell, very, very reliable, but still has to work on creating separation, getting separation. You know, like, if you can scheme him open a little bit, yeah, but he's still got some work to do, clearly. And he was hurt last year, so he missed a lot of last year. And Tillman, I don't know. I mean, I'm really, really, really high on Tillman. But look at who's ahead of him. I mean, are you are you taking balls away from Amari Cooper and David Njoku and Elijah Moore just to win no. balls? Yeah, Elijah Moore's done nothing. Tillman? Elijah Moore and Donovan Peoples-Jones have done nothing. Let's see. I want to see what this kid can do. I don't know that Elijah Moore has done nothing. I mean, I think that they're yards. trying to use him in a variety of different ways. Uh, None of them have worked It's yet. still early. Again, I you know, know in some early. ways this buy is so early, but the buy gives you a chance to hit reset a little bit. The too. Browns wide receiving core is not that good that Cedric Tillman shouldn't get an opportunity if he was worthy of one. That's all I'm saying. Okay, so then, you know, maybe that's something that the offensive staff assesses this week, right? Like, is this a guy that we need to get involved? Use something that goes across, across the entire national. Peyton week two stated that a young man named Jaleel McLaughlin, he's like, I need to find more touches. I got to get him out. And that week we saw him soon. P.S. favorite story right now in the National Football League. Jaleel hey, McLaughlin. We, I know you, people in Cleveland don't care, but remember we, I said that. We had yeah, talked early uh, in the show about the timing of the bye. Um, you know, when this when the schedule came out, we thought, wow, it's so early. You know, you'd rather it be in the middle of the season right. or towards the end of the season when guys could really use 
a little bit of a break to start healing all those dings that accumulate during the course of the season. But then obviously with Deshaun Watson's injury, it seems like it works out to their benefit that he's going to get the extra week before he has to go out on the field. In general, in talking to coaches through the years as you have, what is the thinking on the placement of the bye week? Where do most coaches want that bye to fall? I mean, I think in theory, like you're saying, everyone would like it in the middle point of the season, right? Mm-hmm. Because you're kind of beat up and maybe get a little bit healthier. But I think at this point, coaches are good at knowing what can you control. You can't control that. Right. So find your silver lining or turn your lemons into lemonade. And just like you're saying, in some ways, this is really good for the Browns. Okay, Deshaun gets an extra week to kind of heal up, feel better, you get a chance to assess what you're doing with your offense to lose Nick Chubb and do you need to involve more and we've talked about this since the preseason has become sort of less used for real time or real play time the first month of the season is almost like the figure it out time so okay you've got that first month you've seen yeah, exactly. Okay, so you get a break. It's like, all right, there was our preseason. Now we get a break. Let's really think about how we want to move forward. And it's also, you know, it's overrated. Nobody's at 100% until, you know, once training camp starts. Sure. So it's part of the game, I guess, that you're just always playing a little dinged, a little tired, a little hurt. Your signal's kind of coming in and out. So I, the one thing that I really wanted to get from you, and hopefully it'll improve, uh, but this has been the hot talker this week, was the communication in the Deshaun Watson injury. When we left the air Friday at 1 o'clock, all of the panel and most of the fan base was of the mindset he was not going to throw. He tried to throw Thursday in practice. He couldn't. He tried to throw Friday in practice. He couldn't. We all assumed it's not going to happen. He then tells Mary Kay Cabot shortly after we left the air at 1 o'clock, early in the afternoon, I feel okay. I'm expecting to play on Sunday. The narrative quickly switched and... All of the Browns fan base felt pretty comfortable that he was going to play. Wake up Sunday morning, and everybody hears the news, he's not going to go. Then Kevin Stefanski comes out on Monday and said he was cleared to play. He was the one that said he couldn't go. Then the general manager, Andrew Barry, comes out yesterday, clean up on aisle four. Never mind what you've heard. This was a team decision. We all came to the decision that he couldn't play. Take us through what you think of the Browns' communication on that, how it was handled, either behind the scenes and then publicly. What are your thoughts on the whole thing? So I think a player is always going to say that he has to play, okay? I expect to go. Everybody expects to expect not to go. The goal is, okay, I'm going to wake up and be miraculously feeling amazing. So Deshaun saying he expects to go doesn't necessarily indicate anything to me. I think the idea a decision and he's having something. Pittsburgh this week, we're Adidi, I, I don't know if you can hear me. Unfortunately, the signal's lim- just gotten too bad. We, we, we're, we're missing more of what you're saying than we're hearing. Awfully sorry about yeah. that because I really wanted to hear your thoughts on it. Hopefully, we can get her back later, and either later today or maybe tomorrow. Let's try it again, but it's just it, the signal's just too bad. Aditi, we're sorry, and uh, if not, we'll see you next week. I really wanted to get her thoughts on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I thought we'll, it was we'll try to get a DD <clears throat> offhand. We're going to bring in Chris Rose in a sec, but let me do okay. a couple uh, super chats real quick before we get in there. Whenever we read you guys super chats, it's brought to us by our dear friends at PCC Air Force. If you're looking for a job with career advancement and great benefits, well, PCC Air Force is the leading manufacturer in Northeast Ohio. All locations of PCC Air Force at Eastlake, Menor, Wycliffe, and Minerva are hiring for all positions. Start at $18 and up, plus full benefit packages, paid time off, and a signing bonus. You can apply online at precast.com. Slash careers to learn more. We got Chris in the wings, so we're going to do these real quickly. But we got a couple I got to read here for the people. Uh, first and foremost comes from DeBazer1990. Top of the morning, folks. Let's hope we can get healthy during the bye week. Go Brownies. Donnie Stewart says the Browns are in no position to take any team lightly. They lose 90% of the games. We expect them to win. M. Bynes says three and out limits turnover opportunities. Right? That is 100% correct. And Bynes, Michael Ribovich says, I would argue since the defense has had the least first downs allowed, they haven't had as many opportunities to force turnovers as other teams. A fair uh, rebuttal to something we said. Uh, Sir Grizz says, Jay, you just realized the linebackers are better with a better defensive line room. Um, Gerald Jack says, Grandpa and I will be at the Browns game November 19th. It'll be his first one ever. Jarrell, if you're down there, we'll come find you. Daryl says if we come out flat and get blown out at home after the bye week against the Niners, Stefanski will be on the hot seat. That's probably accurate. Daryl, and then last but not least, Dom, jo Dom Jones says, management, hush Deshaun Watson not playing to get fans in the seats. People travel paid to watch this game. Still a fan, but I feel double-crossed, do better, Brownies. And with that, What does he in. feel double-crossed about? I'm confused. That they didn't say Deshaun wasn't going to play, and I guess he's assuming they knew he wasn't going to play. Well, I why, how they, they knew that? They didn't know that until Sunday morning. Yeah. I'm just reading Super Chats. No, I get it. Listen, I get chats. it. It's yeah. just like the one that said, you know, you're surprised the linebackers are better because the defensive line is better. No, I'm not surprised by that at all. I mean, you expect when you have a better defensive line that all of your units are going to improve as well. It's the, you know that's that's the concept of a team. You make one. Still, there's different levels to how much better you thought they'd be. Yes, but uh, I think yeah. a lot of the reason they have played better is because they're not getting manhandled by the offensive of linemen at yes. the second level, particularly in the run game. Right. G. Bush, do you have Wi-Fi that you can give to Aditi? You sell everything else. Yeah. Do you sell G. Bush she internet? She usually has a good connection, doesn't she? Yeah. It started out crystal clear. I'm not fine. sure what happened, but we have had this, in the past issues with Chris Rose getting into VMIX. Yeah. Today, we yeah. have no issues with Chris Rose getting into VMIX, and with that, we are now joined by the one, the only Mr. Yeah. Chris Rose. Clean signal. Look at him. That's, that is Look pretty at solid. And, and we got to put we got to put Voice of the Browns on his resume now. You know, you're out here doing That's your right. thing. That's right. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. <laughs> Bumping the brakes no, on no, that no. real quick. Filling, filling in for uh, a legend. Don't, don't, please do not say voice of the Browns. That's, <laughs> uh, that is unfair. Jim, How's it hopefully going for we'll you, be though, back Chris? soon. How's it going for you? Uh, well, in terms of like, there's wonderful people there. I mean, Nathan has helped me out a ton. Um Gibby, who's their awesome producer, their entire crew have just been very welcoming during a real trying time because, yep. and I've said this all along, I don't want to be doing these games. <laughs> Nobody no. wants me doing these games at all because that means that Jim is healthy enough to be in the booth and doing what he loves and is so great at. And listen, I've known Jim a long time professionally. I haven't lived in Cleveland during the time you know, that he's been doing the Browns games. But I've always had an immense amount of respect for him just as a person 
and his ability as a broadcaster, that went up exponentially after my first game against the Steelers. I, I texted him afterward and just to check in on him. And I said, by the way, you are great at your job. Not that I didn't know that to begin with, but it's so much uh, more true now, having sat in that seat for a few games. Just uh, it takes a special talent to do what he does at kidding. that level. Yeah, radio play-by-play of the NFL game is no joke. And, nope. uh, and, and I, I'm with you, Chris. No one does it better than Jim. And I know a lot of people think that their local broadcaster or the broadcaster of their team is the best. But, you know, we've talked all day long, forever and ever, about how lucky we are to have Tom Hamilton and Jim mm-hmm. Donovan as the voice of voices of the Guardians and the Browns. It's, it's unbelievable. And uh, I know that it is a tough seat to fill. I'm sure you're going to do it very, very well. And, um, you know, we all have Jim's best interest in mind. We want him back as soon as we can. I wear this every day. It's the, yep. uh, it's the Jimmy bracelet. Um, and, by the way, I if you one want too. one of these, I know you do. If you want one of these, you can go to our website, WKYC.com, and you can get one of these. It says, We Stand With Jimmy. I'm starting to see a lot more of them throughout Cleveland. So, Chris, your, uh, your thumbnail of the whole Deshaun Watson, he's going to play on Friday, he doesn't play on Sunday, Stefanski's comments on Monday, it was, he was cleared by the team, it was his decision, and then what Andrew Barry had to say uh, yesterday, saying, you know, look, it was, it was more of an organizational decision. What's your take on the whole thing? My take is this, is that I don't care what we in the media say. Uh, I don't care what the fans think about it, to be honest. I only care about how it goes over in the locker room. That's it. That's all that matters. And if the players have a problem with it, because you've heard some reports about that, uh, I don't know if it's true or not, then that has to be addressed. And Deshaun has to talk to whether it's the entire team or certain players in order to for this team to gel and get to where it wants to get to. The rest of the noise doesn't matter because as much as we all kick and scream in this industry and we say this has an effect on a team and that has an effect on a team, the clubhouses and locker rooms uh, at the professional level are very insulated. And I think fans would be shocked to know how little gets in there they just don't they don't care about a lot of stuff and this is something that hopefully they will be able to move on from but if there has to have a if there has to be a sit down and a discussion then that's okay it's two different possible ones chris because it's deshaun watson and his teammates and it's also the comments Stefanski made Mm-hmm. It was Deshaun Watson bothered by that. I, I, I'd be curious to see if he and Stefanski need to have a conversation about that. Because I know Richard and that's Sherman. Okay too. Richard Sherman said to our own Tyvis Powell, who's not here today, but Richard Sherman mm-hmm. said, "Man, Stefanski shouldn't have done Deshaun Watson like that." I, you right. know, and he and he said that off the air, so it wasn't like he was being on TV, you know, trying to make something out of nothing. So I, I don't know. I'll be curious to see if there's any fallout from that. Yeah, so let me get this straight. Richard Sherman, one of the guys who said that um, Pete Carroll was misguided when he treated Russell Wilson unlike the rest of the Seattle Seahawks, that's the way he felt. Like, to me, that's weird. I don't know, maybe, right? Uh, I mean, if... I don't know. I don't, what, what is, I'm not sure what one has to do with the other, though. Well, I mean, he's treating a quarterback just like any other player. 
Oh. I mean, at this point, is he not? Well, but no, because it's uh, it's uh, I, I don't think I think it's the fancy he erred, but he usually says nothing in the press conferences. And when you usually, say yeah. when when you say that the player is cleared to play, it can be inferred that you're suggesting he should have played but didn't want to. But he no. did come out and say that Deshaun Watson knows his body better than anyone. And this is where I'll True. defend Deshaun is that you have to look out for yourself. You have to. Because Absolutely. if you don't, nobody else will. Um, so, and it's also possible, he said, listen, I, I can't throw the ball with the type of velocity that I need to in order to beat this defense. So if I'm out there, it's just because I know what's going on with the offense. I've been in the league now for seven years. I've There's nothing out there that's going to surprise me. And we know that's not going to be the case with DTR. So, um yeah, I mean, listen, I imagine that there's conversations that have to be had. Yeah. If this is the thing that's going to derail this franchise this year, then there are bigger issues than we know there that's are. Fair. I mean, it just doesn't – to me, that, that this can't be the thing that stops the season. They're 2-2 two and two through four games. They probably feel like they should have won that Pittsburgh game even after what happened to Nick Chubb. Um, but it's 2-2. Two and two. In a muddled AFC at this point, yep. there's still plenty to get out there and do. You know, Chris, we kind of talked about the different position groups, um, and we talked about you know the position groups that we thought before the season might have been an issue. Maybe the linebackers. We feel the linebackers have played pretty well. Um, you know, they obviously got the defensive tackle uh, position figured out through free agency. Um, one of the one of the, the, the groups that I'm kind of disappointed in is is the offensive line, um, mm-hmm. uh, especially you know there's a lot that people you know put on Jed Wills and I've been critical of Jed Wills, um, but you know the veterans Batonio and, and Teller haven't played up to what we you were used to seeing. Um, is that something that that the Cleveland Browns have to figure out if they really do want to get back um, to the playoffs? Yeah, I mean, it's to me, though, the figure out is play better there. You can't go shopping at the left tackle shop. There's no, there's nothing that exists during the season. Like if you say, well, let's get better at left tackle. Let's make a huge trade for a left. Go ahead and tell me. I'll wait. I mean, you really want like Garrett Bowles? Is that your answer to improving the Browns? A guy who's OK, you know, and so I mean, he's way better than Jedrick tackle. Wills, though, Chris. No, maybe. Maybe. I mean, so if if he, if he is, yeah. why would Sean Payton get rid of him? He's trying to build a team and an identity out there. Why would he just – you have to look at it from, like, the other team has to be willing to trade too, right? Right. And you can say, well, Denver's not going anywhere, so they'll take a fourth-round pick for Garrett Bowles. Are we so sure about that? Like, I'm no, not I, so sure would, that that's going to happen. I don't think it would be a, a fourth round. I, I'm looking at – I can't think of uh, – is it Trent Brown, the Patriots left tackle? Correct. Trent Brown. I, like, I'm looking at, you know, and, and again, we don't know, but if the Broncos and Patriots think, like Trent Brown is going to be a free agent at the end of the year. And right. maybe Bill Belichick's thinking, well, I could turn Trent Brown into a second-round pick. Uh, second-round pick? Yeah. No? No. Why not? For a guy who's in the last year of his contract that's at his age. I'm trying to win. And is. I mean, it's a, if I make the playoffs, it's a late second round pick. What the Browns haven't done much with with a lot of their draft picks anyway. I mean, I got a chance to get. No, a no, no, but I'm win. saying, 
why in the world would you give up a second round pick for an aging tackle? Because he's really good. He's a top 10 tackle in the league still, even at his age. Oof. Yeah, I don't think that would happen. I, okay. I just don't well, what, see that. So whatever it would take, I'm just saying, like, if you think it takes less, then that's even better. But I'm saying, why wouldn't you? Like, I, I, I would, I mean, Jed Wills is, is one of the worst tackles in the league. He is killing their offensive line. So, I mean, even if you got a mediocre guy, that would be a lot better than a bottom five guy. Yeah, it's been a real problem. And yeah. I'm, I was kind of surprised they picked up his fifth-year option. Yeah. And that's why I don't think that they're going to move on from him. I think that that's pro – my guess is that's part of the equation is they're going to look at Bill Callahan and say, listen, you're one of the best in the league. Let's figure it out and let's make it better. Um, I always hate that kind of great. thinking, though, Chris. It's doubling down on a bad decision. And I know it that's what be, NFL I, GMs do, but I hate it. They, they do, Jay, but – so let me just finish this that I work in the preseason with Joe Thomas, who we all think is probably a pretty good tackle. And Joe says this, not because he's affiliated with the Browns. He says, listen, Jed Wills has all the talent to do it. He's got to finish the job. He has, it's still there. Like I wouldn't, he keeps saying he wouldn't move on from him. He's disappointed in the way that he plays. And I don't want to put words in Joe's mouth, but that's what he has said about him. So, you know, I, I have to listen to him. He knows a lot more about offensive line play than any of us. There's no question about it. So I, I was surprised that they did that they picked up his fifth year option. I will say that much. And I just don't know if it's as easy as as looking at Trent Brown. I just if the Browns could get him for a fourth rounder or a fifth rounder, I'm in. I'm not sure I'm giving up a second rounder for an aging Trent Brown that doesn't finish seasons. Well, let we, we, listen. Well, now we, this is this is <laughs> turning to Christy. You like this player, or you don't like this player. Now, what do you, you what are your thoughts about um, um, Jerome Ford in, in the running back room? Um, how do you think the running back room is held up after Nick Chubb? What do you think about uh, you, you know Kareem Hunt? Um, do you think Kareem gets more involved in Pierre Strong? What are your thoughts about the, the running back room in general? I think Kareem was brought in to be a guy that touches the ball six to ten times a game. And that's kind of where he is at this point of his career, mm-hmm. um, in my opinion. The I, I thought last week we quit too early on the conventional ground game. I, I would have liked to have seen us. You know, we got right inside the 20 after the long pass interference penalty. And we ran the play to Elijah Moore, which I think will probably be ripped out of the playbook <laughs> after that one. Should be. That's my guess. Um <laughs> Yeah, we could take the two plays that lost us 20 and 18 yards in a game, right? I mean, how, how would you like to have lost 18 yards on a play and that's not your worst offensive play of the day? <laughs> that's, that's, that's a bad that's sign. Yeah, that's a bad sign. So um, I can't judge Jerome Ford yet. It's not fair because the Tennessee defense, nobody runs on them. Nobody. We threw all over them. Nobody runs on them. And then last week, it's hard to judge when you've got a guy who's a fifth-round rookie quarterback. It really is. So I want to see us a few more games before I say, ah, the running back situation's just not working. And I wouldn't trade anything for Jonathan Taylor. That just doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Zero. Well, the next effort is going to be tough to do that, obviously, with San Francisco coming in next Sunday. 
Uh, yep. It's going to be, t- I mean, either way, no matter what you try to do against this team, this is one of the best, most well-rounded teams in the NFL. And it's, it's going to be one of those games that could surprise fans in a good way. I don't think it's going to surprise fans if they, if they lose to San Francisco. When you mm-hmm. look at the schedule, and we did this earlier in the show, we looked at the schedule and what's coming up on it. A lot of those games that when the first when the schedule first came out, we thought were going to be a little easier than they might end up being now. I think Indianapolis, you know, they beat the Ravens. Uh, the Cardinals aren't much, but they did get get past the Cowboys. When you look past the San Francisco game, what do you make of the next stretch of the schedule? It's going to determine the season. It's pretty simple. Yeah. After nine games, you'll know exactly where this team sits um, because they've got games that are winnable. Uh, after San Francisco, right, at Indianapolis, if you are a playoff team, you have to win that game. You, you do. have to. And Seattle, they're a tough team, man. They are tough. They've Especially got a lot there. of talent around them. They've had two outstanding drafts in a row. They have really built up their depth nicely. Um, you know, I don't think we're going to give up 10 or 11 sacks. But, man, it's – they're, they're coming after you. They are coming after you. I'm not worried about the Cardinals. I don't think that that's a problem. And then that Baltimore game could be the one that gets you back into the division, right? That's the one you have to circle. If, uh, if you know, hopefully Deshaun is full bore by then, and, and we'll see. But the, these next five weeks are enormous, absolutely enormous. In my, not only for the season, but I have to be honest with you, I think in terms of the trajectory of where this – management coaching group goes no yeah. doubt no doubt because if it doesn't happen this year yeah. there's gonna be a lot of new faces in that building 100%. next year could be gotta win yeah. Yeah. gotta win gotta make could the playoffs all right. all right chris Thanks. great Total. stuff man continued great calls on sunday and we'll talk to you very soon thank you appreciate it always appreciate it boys it's always yep. fun take Thanks. care guys you bet uh he makes a good point in that uh you might know by week nine i know you said you were giving them six weeks to start the season yeah it better be real football by week six, and they better be in position to move forward and be a playoff team. But I think he's right. We're going to know at week nine what this team's short-term trajectory is, but even more importantly, long-term. Because you could be looking at a new GM. Dee Podesta could be gone. Stefanski could be gone. This next stretch of football, can't overstate it, massive. These weeks, we thought the first, like, you know, five weeks was tough. I'm looking at that schedule and I'm like, no, the first five weeks was nothing compared to this because you caught Joe Burrow on a humbug, right? Yeah. You caught him slipping. He was hurt, right? So now, and you got to buy, but but when you talk about San Francisco uphill battle, I still don't like playing the Colts. Seattle's Seattle at Seattle is a tough uphill battle. The only other one you got is the Cardinals, which looks hey, like something you would the, think. The Niner game is obviously way the hardest game of the next bunch. No question. The others are fine. But They're like winnable. The, the All other the other games, games are winnable. You know, but even the Niners game, the game's at home. I mean, listen, if I I'm had to bet who wins the Paul. game, yeah, the Browns should be in that game. I don't expect them to get blown out. But if I the do Browns not play a really great game, game and lose a tough one, I'm not I'm not going to kill them. No. If they get blown out with Watson Trouble. against the Niners, nah, that, that's not acceptable. No, it's not. Because we think that this team is a playoff team. Yeah. We know San Francisco is a playoff team. We know they're an upper-tier playoff team. But you can't get blown out. No. And the Browns can win that, that game. Are, if Watson could. plays, they can win. If everything I, I goes that. their way, yeah. they they stone Seattle's offense like they yeah. have some other pretty good offenses. We'll see what the happens. The Browns will not be a big underdog in that game if Watson plays. What do you think the line will be? It's already out. Nine I'd, I'd by say, three I'd is say, my I'd guess. I'd say five. Bulls right. 
San what is Francisco, it? San Francisco three. by three. Wow. That's going to move. See what it is at kickoff. We will see. Before That's we close. get into a little contender or pretender NFL edition, easy I want to remind the good people out there, if you are watching the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show, do us a favor, hit that like button, hit that subscribe button. Two completely free things you can do to help UCSS get to as many homes, viewers as possible. Also, tomorrow at 1230, we are on Channel 3, WKYC, 30 minutes of never-before-seen Browns content. We're doing a little something different this week because it's a bye week. But 30 minutes on WKYC tomorrow starting at 1230. We can't do our pre-written headlines. No headlines this week. We're, we're switching it up, doing a bunch of different things. All right. uh, it should be fun. We're doing a little tease. Report cards. Quarter season report cards for the Love Browns. Mm. Okay. Uh, offense, it's defense, the first grading special period. teams. The first nine weeks of the school, the first yep. quarter, it's over. Let's, let's hand so them out. We are doing that exclusively. Only can be seen on WKYC. But are you guys nice. ready to play a little contender, pretender NFL edition through the quarterway of the season? Yes, Mike, but real quick, this is a little breaking news I wanted to share real quick. The Ohio State uh, conference schedule is out for next year. For those uh-huh. who may be interested with some of those Pac-12 schools right, coming right. in. Um, Do we go to USC or UCLA? The Buckeyes go to Oregon. Ooh. That's a nice look. They do not play UCLA at all, wow. and they do not play USC at all. Interesting. That's a bad So look. that's of the Pac-12 yeah. teams that are coming in, Oregon is the only one they who, play, who, and that's, that's on the road. Silly. Who made that schedule? Like, those no. are two marked part of the, guys. Part of the reason of that's having That's just one these, game. What? That's, it's like, why? It's just a non-conference game at that point. That doesn't change the Big Ten schedule for the Buckeyes whatsoever. No, we're saying we want to see those games. We, we I know what I'm saying. It's dumb that they only have one of the new teams yeah, on the schedule in year one. Like, right. Like, Give us one of the blue bloods. Did, did, did Michigan get them? Let's see. Michigan. Somebody has to play them. Uh, Michigan, 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 Michigan. Michigan plays Washington on the road. Okay. And they play. They have Oregon and USC at home. Man, that's cheap. That is that's unbelievable. Cheap. You man. gave them three. Oh, well, all three. In a way, is yeah. that good? Ohio State's got an easier schedule. It is it good, is. but I want to see Ohio State play. Ohio USC. State will host UCLA in twenty twenty five. That just came out. <laughs> and they're at Washington. Well, they won't see Caleb Williams. Yeah, so they, they don't do play that. USC at all in the next two years. That's nuts. That's so Why stupid. Why would you do that? Yeah, stupid I, schedule makers. I wonder if Penn State gets them. Michigan lit. Like, Ohio State's home schedule next year in conference is absurdly easy. I mean, they play any good teams at all. That's huge in recruiting. No, you Michigan get, or Ohio. You get or out to the, well, actually the Michigan the rivalry game is not listed for some reason. I don't so, know why so you is. look at that schedule. Look what you can recruit <laughs> off of, right? Not even a non-conference. You gonna say we at Washington on the West Coast? You get UCLA and Oregon at the house, and you still playing Ohio State. Them is four marquee games. They gonna be on TV every week. Sorry, Michigan does – Michigan – they do have Michigan at home. That's the only tough game next year. Okay. Michigan plays Texas next year, too. They're at Michigan. Oh, Michigan. Michigan got Michigan Texas, Texas next year? Wow. And as a non-conference game, but yes. They're wow. going to have the toughest schedule yeah, in the country. country. I don't know who Ohio State's non-conference and, 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 is. And is, and is this the is – this... uh, there's Well, Notre Dame falls off it. Yeah, okay. Because that was a home-and-home. Home. So, I don't know that they have a real power outside the conference that they would face. I don't remember. It, and next year, 16, um, 16 teams or 12? 12. 12 no, teams. 12, 12 teams in the college football 12. playoff. Which um, is great. I think that's the perfect number. I wouldn't go perfect. higher than that. I love it. Don't yeah. go to 16. It will at some point go to 16, but not for a while. But 12 is great because the top four get a bye, so there's still an advantage for being top four. 
five through eight get the home game in the first round, which is still an advantage. Remember, for my, that remember my college football yeah. plan I drew yeah, out? Yeah, yep. I remember one of our first shows. Exactly yeah. also, what I said tease, they should do. Right. Little tease right. for tomorrow's TV show. The whiteboards are coming back out for oh. something special. Oh, nice. Okay, something good. Special. I would play contender, pretender. We're going to run through these quickly because we have a guest at 12.50, so we're going to run through these. If we all agree, we'll move on. If there's dissension, we will argue. But let's start okay. with the Cincinnati Bengals. Contender or pretender? Contender. Man, you, man, you're not I didn't contender. even think about it. Ask you, too. You're not catching me. I, I told you about that Week 17 game. I, yeah. I don't like it. Joe Burrow at home? No. That's going to be for a trip to the playoffs for one is. of those teams. One of them teams got to win. I'm game. saying contender now. But if Joe Burrow still looks like he's lost and they lose to the Cardinals, I'm flip-flopping next week. Because at one and four, they no longer. This is the game yeah. that turns them into the Bengals. Yeah, we'll see. We've been waiting for yeah. it. Look, yeah. they did the same thing last year with the they Spartans. They weren't this bad. They weren't this bad. Yeah. But there were a lot of people that were trying to drive yes, the stake right in their heart. Yeah. And I'm like, hold on here. Yeah. And here comes the proverbial flip. The flip happens if the Bengals put something on the Cardinals and they blow them out. Joe Burrow look good. And that's the, a different. That's a whole and new then it's, if the Cleveland Browns come here at home off a of bye week and Deshaun Watson or the Browns don't play well and they get beat at home mightily, that's when the flip happens. Yeah. Then it's like, oh, well, the Bengals now look like they're about to be. They're two and three yeah. would look a lot better than better than our two, two and three. three. Yeah. Uh, Bull, real quick, did you see the conspiracy tweet I sent you about the Bengals? I did. What, what is that? that I didn't if see the it. Bengals lose this game, they're going to put Joe Burrow on ice for the rest of the year. They're going to trade T. Higgins for a high draft pick, and they're going to completely tank and 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 try to get Marvin Harrison Jr. Wow! I don't buy that, but uh, in, in, if they have to have a bad season, I like that scenario. <laughs> That don't, that don't sound half bad. All right, so that was just a conspiracy. No, it's not, but that's not a gentleman's punt. That's a that, that that's, that's uh, in your face. We're punting. Uh, that's a yeah. hi guys. We're no. punting. Yeah. The Bengals are going to run into four or five wins. No, yeah, and that's yeah. going to take them out of the Marvin right. Harrison. All right, we got we got a bunch, and go our ahead. guest is, is here, so yeah. we're going to go through these. I like that. I took out the teams that we know are contenders. I took out the teams that we know are definitely not. So okay. these are teams that are either two and two. Like, we're not going to mess around come, with the yep. Eagles and the Niners. Exactly. How about the or Texans? The two and two start to the season. I think in their division, they're a contender. That's the only reason I think they're a contender. What I'm going to do is I'm going to say – I'm sorry, G. Define contender. Playoff playoff team. I thought a team that can make some noise in the playoffs. Pretender. Oh, make some noise. I I always look at contender or pretenders. You're going to make the playoffs. We can do it like that then. Let's do it like that. I mean, I think they're a playoff team in that division. if, If we're going by can they be a playoff team, then they're a contender. They're not a contender to to have a run in who's the playoffs. In the, who's I in the division? Think. No, but who knows? By then, C.J. Stroud's like a second-year player. Yeah, because they'll have seventeen yeah, under his belt. Yeah, but they're still not very good defensively. Aditi talked about their yeah, they've got holes line. All over their They got problems. They, yeah. I think they're a pretender I, I, even to make the playoffs. Okay. I, I, okay. I like they're better, but they're still a pretender. Okay. I think they're a pretender. But I think the Jaguars got to step it up. They can't be keep playing around. We're getting yeah. to the Jaguars, G. Yeah. Don't worry. Yeah. We're mixing them up. Let's go to the next one. How about the Chargers? Contender or pretender? Contender. Contender. Yeah. All right. I'm a, you Easy. know what? I'm going to go with pre- In spite of their coach. I'm going to go with, with, with pretender. And the reason why you lose Mike Williams for the year, their coach is a liability, and I don't like their defense. Um, their defense should be better than what they are with the name players. I think they, I think they're one-dimensional. They're, they're still two and two without, and Austin Eckler hasn't played since week right. one. He's coming back this week, or after, <laughs> they're on a bye this week too. Bless you, Thank they're you. on a bye this week, and he'll be back. And yeah, you know, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with 
I'll say pretender. I'll okay? even go. I'll go a step further. I think that they're gonna. They, they they'll make some real noise in the playoffs. They could. I, I mean, Herbert's they, a really I good think quarterback. They're going to make some real noise in the playoffs. All right. Next up, how about the Detroit Lions? The other feel-good story. Contender. Contender. Hundred percent. Yeah, contender. They I get like Jameson Williams I, back this week. Finally, they, they do, and their divisions. A, a very winnable, you know, the Packers don't yeah, scare yeah, anybody. Yeah. The Vikings now would seem to be, you know. They're doing something that you almost never see in the NFL. An impact rookie tight end. Laporte. That yeah, is you're right. unheard of. He's having a big season. Uh, he's uh, been great so I mean, far. I mean, say, uh, uh, Amaran St. Brown, he's he's balling. They get Jamison Williams back. He's got some pieces. Amaran St. Brown is... The best wide receiver in the NFL that nobody talks about. Yeah, he, he he's, right now he's yeah. like a top ten guy because he's at the back end of the top he plays ten. In they got a, and they got a good they got a really good defensive line. They got a nice offensive line. They're playing line. really well defensively. You know what's They're hard for team. me? It's hard for me to watch the Lions be good because they're our counterpart. Yep. Yeah. They're yep. the NFC's version of the Browns. Yeah. Once a great storied franchise who have essentially sucked for a couple of decades. And I can't have them be good and us be bad. It's I funny. Can't have that. Yeah. When Andy Dalton was at his best and the Bengals were pretty good and would go to the playoffs, yeah, yeah. I always thought Andy Dalton was the first quarterback below the line that you can win with when it mattered. I thought yeah. he was just below that line. That's well and said. And Jared Goff is kind of around that line, too. You, like, he's he, pretty good. He, he played in a Super Bowl. I hear you. The, li- the, the Lions are the 2020 Browns. They yeah. look a lot like they've the come out of nowhere Browns. and 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 every game you think they're going to lose, they're like, man, they these- let's see if they can keep it together yeah, longer yeah, than right. we could. Yeah, well, yeah. but the Lions were getting hyped coming into the season. They though. were because yeah. they had a great they finished great last year. Yeah, they played well. Who was it? They beat in the last week of the Packers. season. They knocked them out of the playoffs. Yes. Aaron Rodgers. And I, I remember just watching that saying, I want their coach. Their coach said, we're not playing for the playoffs. We want to keep them from going to the playoffs. And they right, played right. that game they like did. it was for them to go to the playoffs. Those, those are the coaches I like. I love that. I like, Give me fire and brimstone. Yeah, I, like I don't guys. like nerdy, Ivy League, smart, cool, calm, collected. I don't like it. As my coordinator, Not I'll for say, football. I'll take Dan, him as Dan my Campbell coordinator. Dan Campbell hasn't won anything yet. Not That's, yet, yeah. but I, I take Dan Campbell. I like him a lot. I like him. All right, next up. G, you players mentioned the Jaguars. Or the Jaguars, the contender or pretender? Man, Jaguars. I got a contender. I'm a believer. <sighs> I think they'll turn it around. I think they're, I think they're a contender. I, you know, they just got uh, Zay Jones back, uh, you know, Christian Kirk, uh, Travis Etienne. I, I like their skill position, guys. Um, but I, I need to see I need to see Trevor Lawrence be like, nah, we're not going to have this. Mark it down. Hot take for you. They beat the Bills this week. Remember I said it. The, game's in, the game's in England. They've been there for a week because they played in England last week. Yeah, they did. Uh, the Jacksonville's Bill- the de facto foreign England team. England team, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's like they're home away from home. It really is. Some of them the game is technically there. a Bills home game, but yeah, if you're the Jaguars, it's much better to play that game. Yeah. In- <laughs> interesting. That's that's an interesting. I wonder what yeah. the line is on that. I that might be. A, I believe five. it's three. Ooh. Oh, I thought I saw a five bull. Okay. Oh, you're right. It's five. That's five, right. Yeah. I love the Jags with the points. Love it because I think it's going to be close. But I'm picking the Jaguars upset this game. All right. All right. Next up, how about Baker Mayfield and the Bucks? Contender or pretender? Well, again, that division. I'm I'm going listen, I'm going I'm going I'm and real quick, Gigi, hold on. The Saints are next. So let's just do this. Who are you buying more? The Bucks or the well, Saints? Bucks. The, the, the Bucks, Bucks just easy. pretty much dismantled the Saints. Easy. I, I I think I think Baker I think Baker's gonna have a, a, a whole year where he's good. To me, a contender is if you're just 
a contender because your division stinks and somebody's got to win it. Yeah, I don't look not. at that team as a contender. Right, because they're probably not going to make yes. playoff noise. Which is, which but is, they're going to. The, I think they're going to make the playoffs. Which is why I look at them as a pretender, but they definitely have a chance to make the playoffs. Okay, Saints no. ain't doing nothing. Saints are definitely a yep, pretender. Saints, eh, Joe Woods. All right, next up, the Cleveland Browns. Contender? Pretender. The Browns are a contender. Right now, I have them as a pretender. I'm going contender. I hope I'm wrong. This is crazy. I mean, again, making noise in the playoffs. I'm listen, winning the, a playoff. This is game. not to me. I'm not making these picks based on what these teams have done so far. It's about what I project okay. them to do okay. going forward. I just, I, I, I said earlier, offense, like all of these position groups on offense are underperforming. I, I, they I, are. I, I, raised, I raised my hand. I had a blog out on the barbershop, and he just said, I hate the Browns offense. I just hate it. I just, I don't like I mean, it. think of the offenses just, you have to get past in the AFC to make noise. I, yeah, Miami, hate it against Buffalo, Tennessee. Kansas City, Cincinnati. I, I, I think I, there's not enough easiness in I it. I think you have to ignore last week. Oh, yeah. I, I think you got to ignore but, last but week. But there, there's, to me, there's still some flaws. I got them as, as Do really. Do we have to ignore the Steelers, too? A borderline. No. I th- I'll have to say contender. But I am supremely worried about the offensive line and the receiver. Group. Translation, if G was not a Browns fan, he'd be saying pretender. There, there's something. There's I think there's, if this wasn't a Browns said. show, you'd be saying No, pretender. I would not. You know me. I keep it real. You usually do. I was surprised that you, you had them this as a pretender. This is my projection going forward. Now, if Deshaun Watson, do, if Deshaun Watson doesn't, if the real Deshaun Watson is not what we saw against Tennessee, hey, then they are. Well, are either of you guys concerned that what happened between Watson and Stefanski is going to become an issue down the road? If they a lose. little bit. I'm a little concerned. If they, if Chris Rose made it seem like it was nothing with nothing. Well, I mean, and maybe it is nothing with nothing. Right. But like to dismiss it out of hand. No, if they, I also thought like he 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 made light of trading for a tackle. Like why can't you trade for a tackle? It makes you better. Man, yeah. listen. If the move makes you better. Look, this team is all in. We have said that over yeah. and over again. All in means you can't stop now. No. You're all in. You can't let Jed Wills kill the season. And right now, he is. Yes. And if you have a chance, and he's right, there's no left tackle store. I understand that. Right. But there are moves you can make to get a better left tackle. And and, and I do want to just simply state this, and I can't overstate it. If the Cleveland Browns continue to play Jedrick Wills at left tackle, they are not going anywhere. That's how big it is. Well, according to Chris, they're doubling down on a bad decision because it was a bad decision to extend him. And they're, it, they're doubling down on it if they continue to go down that I road. I ultimately think if Deshaun Watson plays up to his capabilities, they can overcome it somewhat. But playing him there makes it harder. There's no doubt about it. Absolutely. Another tease for tomorrow. If the a- Bengals had traded for Trent Brown instead of sticking with Jonah Williams at left tackle, they would have beat the Rams in the Super they Bowl. They might have won the Super Bowl. You're right. Another tease for tomorrow. The deepest dive you guys have ever seen on the Browns offensive line through four games. Okay. Deepest dive ever? Well, I don't well, know that anybody's ever done a deep dive on the Browns offensive wow. line after week four. Yeah, so you're yeah. probably right. It's, it's pretty extensive. In. All right, three more real quick, then we're going to go to the other side of the world. by the way, I love Joe world. Thomas, but the, the next time he says something bad about a Browns player is maybe the first time. I know. So, I know. Yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. I trust Joe Thomas's knowledge, but he yeah. just isn't going to criticize any Browns Real, players. real quickly, commanders, pretender, contender. Pretender. Pretender. I'm the same, pretender. All right, next, the that Ravens. division. I mean, you're in the division with the Eagles and the Cont- Cowboys. That's four yeah. games. Contender. Contender. Contender, as and much last as I hate to say least, it. The Seahawks. Contender. Contender. I think Chris is right. One They've of the best had defenses. Two phenomenal drafts back to back. Yeah, they have. That defense, Bobby Wagner looked like he was 25. I, I do. By the way, I'm going to go right now. I do not have the Browns winning in Seattle. Off top. I, I, I don't and, either. No one let, wins in Seattle. And let me tell you something. I don't have He's that. still got to do more this year. 
but I got to give kudos to my guy, Dustin Fox, even though they're not allowed to talk to me about me on the station. Geno even Smith. Even though they would love to. Yeah, Geno Smith. Dustin, when Geno came out in the draft, loved, loved Geno Smith. He loved him. He told everybody he was going to be great. And myself and everybody else made fun of him for that yeah. for like a decade. And he's getting a last this laugh. Is the, if Geno, now Geno's got to do it one more year. He's got to do it the rest of this year. Sure. So far, so good. Yep. But if Geno does it again this year, Dustin made the biggest comeback vindication of a prediction <laughs> of all time. ever. Ever. Because nobody liked Geno besides nobody. him. No, I nobody know. liked him. And he's I, been nails in yeah. Seattle. Jay asked great. for this. And we deliver. Before we bring in our guests from the other side of the world, what's one more reminder that tomorrow, 1230, we are on Channel 3 WKYC. 30 minutes, brand new, exclusive Browns content, including some special whiteboard Jay stuff that I can't tell arm. you all about. And that looks like report Bye cards for the Browns through the first four weeks of the season. And with that, I am honored to welcome in our first Australian guest ever. It is John, David John Evans, excuse me, the VP of the Browns backers in Melbourne. What's up, David? We hey, gotta see. Man. Can you open up the curtain so we can see that? Yeah, it's and dark we need out. a round of applause. Browns backers in, in, in Australia. We yeah, appreciate baby. down there, baby. It's three fifty in the morning. Three fifty in the morning. It is three fifty in the morning. Good morning, boys. G'day. How are you? There's the accent. There it is. Uh, to hear. It's the greatest accent on the face of the it earth. It is. It's the best. And a shout out to Bulls Butcher. <laughs> shout out to the butcher. He said, "Shout out to the butcher." Shout out to the butcher. That proves more than anything, anything. else he could have yes, said you, that this man watches us uh, every right, day. Right. David, David, yes sir, David. Yes, sir. And I'll, I'll I'll show that I paid attention to you too. This is the way. <laughs> this is the way, my fools. This is the way. This is the way. Absolutely. These guys. Don't Good know morning, dude. How did you become a Browns fan? Halfway across the globe. And Guardians fan. He's a Guardians fan, too. Wow. I'm a Guardians fan. Uh, lovely to meet you all. Uh, Jay, uh, family connection. Um, I have, there we go. Uh, there's my uh, son, Max. He's also a Browns fan. Awesome. He's nine, uh, nine years old. Um, yeah, my, we have a, a family connection in uh, Cuyahoga County uh, and uh, in Seven Hills. Um, someone... A, a, a family that we consider family, um, not by blood, but by choice. And um, it's the best family. Uh, I, I, I'm one of it is absolutely the best family. I'm one of three boys. They had three girls. She, uh, um, my auntie Joanne, who it is, uh, had never done anything with sports like Australians. We're sports mad. We're absolutely. I know. You, you, we we will bet on two flies walking up a wall at a pub. Um, <laughs> Um, uh, so we, we, we were indoctrinated very, very early with, um, originally Indians gear, uh, Cavs gear and Browns gear. I always loved American football. Um, I was fortunate enough to play it here in Australia, uh, in the, uh, 19, from 1993 to about 1998. Wow. Um, I was a, I was an outside and middle linebacker. So hence the reason, uh, even growing up, I loved uh, Clay Matthews. I, I somewhere at my parents' house. I still have the McDonald's tray mat from a Michael Dean Perry team oh, with the uh, team photo that. on it. Yes. Yeah. Um, and as you can see, we get our gear. Um, you know, and, and when you guys started uh, over what 15, 16 months ago, um, 
I found you guys via Twitter. Um, we try and have a pretty good presence as a Browns backers and myself personally uh, on Twitter uh, and stumbled across you guys. And, and, and you're absolutely right, guys. I, I watch you or listen to you uh, every day when uh, obviously it's the 15 hours difference. But um, yeah, and, 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 and G. Bush, it's a, a lovely to, to meet you too, sir. Uh, I have sent you photos when I was in Japan recently of the Pokemon, because Max, who's in that photo, yeah, yeah, is a yeah. huge Pokemon fan. That is me. <laughs> I, I sent you those photos of, when we are in Japan of all the Pokemon stuff. Oh, wow. um, so I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm coming into your living room and we're, well, it's 3.50 in the morning. It's probably a bit early for a beer, but I feel like we should all be breaking, <laughs> yeah, ha 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 having a beer. Um, so, yeah, so I, I, I've been a Browns fan since... No way. No. That's inappropriate. No. That's the second time we got a no, no, no. That's like eating... That's like telling a Chinese person from China to eat American Chinese. No, that ain't it. Yeah. No, no, no. Um, so, yeah, we, we have a Browns backers here. Uh, we have... Um, How do you watch the game? It's 4 o'clock in the morning when, when the Browns are playing on most games. Oh, hang on, I'll move the right way. Yeah, but I'm like... <laughs> vol, 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 volume very low, like sure, I'm trying to talk about. Max is sleeping and the, you know, that was... I've got, I've got, I've got, I'm, I'm a dad of three, so I've got kids all asleep. My wife's asleep. Um, uh, we have it down very low. Like... <laughs> um, because it, it, the, I think it's the one o'clock games I'll end up being um, four o'clock in the morning now. Yes. Um, so Thursday night, Sunday night and Monday night games we love because the they're best. 10 a.m. to midday. You. Yeah, 10 a.m. to midday, so we go to the pub. Nice. And, and, and we have a couple of pubs. Is the, is the popularity of uh, the NFL growing in Australia, would you say, from when you were a kid to now? Absolutely, yeah, 100%. Um, the sad thing is, um, for obviously us as Browns fans, um, the NFL, in their infinite wisdom, uh, have put a global fence on the Browns app, so I've since deleted it, we can't listen to the radio. So, for example, uh, if I'm driving to work, I could put Once Upon a Time and listen to uh, Jimmy Donovan uh, on my way to work. I could have it in my headphones at work or via the radio. Can't do that anymore oh, because they put a global fence on. Ridiculous. Why would they do that? So dumb. Because... Well, it's like everything, isn't it? We can extract the last dollar. So I now have to buy an app, another app. That's true. Um, subscribe and pay and yada, yada, yada. Um, Do you get them through yeah, YouTube so look, TV? Is that how you watch them? Uh, yeah, so yeah, YouTube TV. We have a sports provider called KO. Um, I'm not sure who they're affiliated with. We also have a, a thing they've changed this year, which was the... Game Pass, which is now called DAZN, it's D-A-Z-N. Um, and we're still lucky enough um, to have a free-to-air channel on one of our digital free-to-air stations that will play all the game, or play a select session of games on a Monday morning from about 4 a.m., 3 a.m. now, because we're in daylight savings time um, for our summer. We're heading into our summer now. Um, yeah, they... Um, they play still free to air, so they'll take take a selection, and I think it's through the ESPN military channel. Oh, so it gets okay. there's a select. So there's like ESPN games, CBS games, um, and a couple of the other other brands come in, and, and and we'll we'll play them on our free to air. But outside of that, you're you're buying apps and, and paying subscription fees. Wow, that's David. What you we call only got. A, unfortunately, we only have about a minute. It's been a pleasure to talk to you. I, I think we should do it again at some point, like I, I agree. down the road. 
But last thing, give us a minute, your take on where the Browns stand right now and how you're feeling about them going forward this season. <sighs> Discombobulated. They're on the precipice of absolutely tail spinning out of control or doing something about it. Uh, I'm with you, Jay Bush. The, the offensive playbook is high school. It's it's JV. It's really really quite disconcerting. Um, the the defense is is elite, and that makes me so happy. Finally, after all these years, to see this this defense just tearing it up as they should. But sadly, I think our offense is no. So we're on the precipice. We're really on a tipping point, and I'm really really concerned. Wow. Great stuff, Dave. Great analysis. David, we got to bring David back from Australia. Uh, Mike, Mike, do you, do you have Go a question ahead. for him, Mike? You said yeah, more? I do actually real quick. So me and David exchange DMs all the time. Yeah. You said you guys have a text chain that's similar to yes. a two-minute warning show after every Browns game. What are some words that <laughs> yes. in Australia you guys use that may not be in the English vernacular? Yeah, that we are, speak, that are used speak to, English uh, there, Mike. Well, I know, but like we don't say no, it uh, like they do. Like, what are some words that yeah. maybe you guys use after a Browns game, good or bad, that we could start adding to our two-minute post-game show? I don't think you can actually put them on the air, most of them. <laughs> <laughs> David, David, I, we got to get you a Kool-Aid Mafia shirt in Australia. You send me your, you send me your size to gbush91 at hotmail.com, and we'll get it to you. We ship worldwide. David, yeah, go, just text me. Go. I'll set you up with G. Bush. I got you. Thanks, David, David, thanks again for joining us. And we appreciate everyone, not just David, but everyone who watches UCSS, whether you're in Ohio, Florida, New Jersey, Australia, India, Australia. There's New Zealand, there's South Africa, there's Browns backers. There's about 74 for, uh, clubs around the world. Um, David, David, we appreciate it. That's all See the time. Overtime. Up. I'm re-